Shapers on Jazz FM. Listen in color. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Oh, Lord, I'm on my way. I'm on my way to heavenly land. I'll ride the long, long road if you were there. Oh, Lord, I'm on my way. Louis Armstrong and Ella Fitzgerald, of course. Good morning and thank you for joining me. This is the place, of course, where you can hear the very best of the people shaping the world of jazz, soul and blues, alongside their equivalents, that's a plural today, in the worlds of business, my business shapers. And my shapers today are Lawson Muncaster and Jens Torp. They are the founders of the incredibly successful City AM, the free newspaper that 399,000 people read every day. In addition to hearing lots from them, you'll also be hearing from our programme partners at Mishkondorea, some words of advice for your business. And as well as all of that, of course, some fantastic music from the Shapers of Jazz, Soul and Blues, including Robert Glasper, Gwyneth Herbert, and this from Stevie Wonder. It's for the city here on Jazz FM. A boy's born in Hotdown, Mississippi, surrounded by four walls that ain't so pretty. His parents give him love and affection to keep him strong, moving in the right direction. That was Stevie Wonder and For The City. A very special jazz shapers here today because I have two wonderful guests, not just one, two for the price of one. It's a buy one, get one free morning here on Jazz FM. Lawson Muncaster, as I mentioned, and Jens Torp are the founders of City AM, which if you live in London, you will see in 400 different places, I'm reliably informed. I know about three or four of those places where they give out this incredible newspaper, which is actually good, good quality journalism for people that are working in the city. Guys, thank you very much for joining me. An unusual situation. I'm facing two of you handsome devils from Denmark. Mark and from Scotland. Can I start with Lawson just because? What made you think um, that you could make a success of launching a free newspaper in 2005 or so when the market was telling you absolutely no way? Um, I think that um, the, the, the whole concept actually came with Mr. Tober to my right and I working in our previous employment, um, launching metros around the world. And I think one of the the biggest problems with ge- those with metros that size, the geographical um, cost of getting those papers out was so expensive, and actually the income or the average income of the reader was suddenly in a medium place. So basically, what happened was you're getting small yields, but a hell of a lot of cost to getting the paper out. So if you take away those two things and look at the density of where business people concentrate in London, yeah, so therefore distribution is cheaper, and the eyeball being more expensive, and therefore advertisers paying more yield for it, you actually had a double effect of actually positivity for a business, less cost but more yield. So I think that was the the real focus for us using our experience. Um, and I think you had to say, well, where is 
the most important place business is in the world, and I'd have to say it's London. Um, so much you, as it pains a Scot to say that. As much as it pains a Scot to I imagine. It? Absolutely. That must have hurt. But there's quite a few Scots down here teaching London boys as well. Oh, OK. <laughs> they always get their way back. Absolutely. Now, you're both of your backgrounds, and turning to, to, to Jens, both your backgrounds is in the world of um, of media and of media ownership and, and, and that sort of thing. Tell me what that experience gave you before you, you and Lawson decided to, to create something new. No, I think my background uh, started with traditional newspapers in Denmark. I worked for the biggest newspaper group who had a big morning quality and a tabloid like The Sun. And I learned a lot of basic things there back in the days when there was only newspapers in a country like Denmark. We had no commercial radio, no commercial television. So newspapers were very much the centre where everything happened around So I learned a lot there, but then I saw my friends in other countries starting to go to commercial television when that broke in the 80s. So when I was given the chance, I was involved in starting a satellite TV channel, much like Sky in Denmark, starting that up. Then, as Lawson said, we worked for Metro International making newspapers. I think we launched Lawson in 14 different countries from Hong Kong to Chile, US, Canada, and a lot of places in Ah. Europe. And what we saw, as Lawson also said, was that in spite of everybody saying that newsprint was dead, whenever we came in with the Metro, all the copies were picked up within the first week. So that was what gave us the confidence. And we had also kind of spotted a hole here in London. Because where I come from in Denmark, the biggest financial newspaper had a circulation of 80,000 in a country with 5 million. But over here, the FT had lost half their circulation. They were down to 100,000 in a country with 60 million people. So we thought, no, there must be more interest for business. So if we go the freeway, pick up a lot of young business people, there might be an idea there. Stay with me to hear more about that idea from Jens Torp and Lawson Munkester, my business shapers and the founders of City AM. Time for some music. This is Calls from the Robert Glasper Experiment off of their recent album, Black Radio 2. That was from the Black Radio 2 album. It's Calls and the Robert Glasper Experiment. You're with me, Elliot Moss, every Saturday morning for business um, on Jazz FM. It's Jazz Shapers. And my business shapers, they are Lawson Muncaster and Jens Torp. They are the founders of City AM. We were talking before, gents, about how you your background kind of brought you to the, the point of believing there was an idea, your understanding of how low the penetration was of business readers in the context of the size of the population of the UK. Lawson, I imagine, though, Uh, as people who understand media, the most important concern for you was the quality of the content. How did you go about assembling a fantastic team from day one? Because that couldn't have been easy. No, I think think you had to have people that were like-minded, you know, and a kindred spirit. And I think it was all about... I mean, there was a a gentleman called David Parsley, actually was the editor who who took the paper forward and gave credit to him. It was a very hard exercise. People not really knowing where we were going. They had to very much rely on, on Mr Torper, who... 
I think it's probably launched more newspapers in the world than anybody else. He's very modest about it, but they really had to put faith in us, you know, and that energy that we 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 we, we had to from top to bottom. And I think once the paper got established and people started seeing where it was going, and actually started to realise that this was something that was probably the first newspaper of the new world, rather than the last paper of the old world, that created that excitement, which be able to attract more and better quality journalists, and then ultimately Alistair Heath, which we all know is probably well is the best business journal journalism journalist in in, in Britain and I think with that him at the helm now I think you've got a, a young team that's totally different and um, produces a bloody good paper and uh, and I think it's got an audience that's continued to grow with us and we're really seeing the sort of the benefit benefits of that now now the, the point uh, Jens that Lawson makes about the first of a new generation of papers versus the last of the old. How did you do that? Because we have heard those stories about print being dead and and they're exaggerated. It's like, you know, hold on a minute, before you put the gravestone down, just let's make sure that we've, we've still got a pulse. There's more than a pulse. What does new mean in the context of written paper journalism? I think what is very important to us, both the target group we serve, who is time-poor businessmen, they don't have very much time every day, it is to package your content in the right way. And one of the obvious things we did was to write much shorter. I think everybody knows that's actually a lot more difficult than to write longer articles. We try to condense it so we give people the facts in a very, very abbreviated form. On the other part, we cover a very, very uh, wide range of business topics. So making the newspaper to suit the needs of those business busy businessmen on their daily commute, which is everything from 10 to 20, 25 minutes. That was our target, to hit a time slot and be the right thing for that time slot instead of trying to be the right thing for a whole day. And I'm one of those businessmen and women that indeed consumes your paper every day. Latest travel come up in a couple of minutes, but before that, some words of wisdom from our programme partners at Mishkondorea for your business, and after that, of course, much more from our business shapers here on Jazz FM. I'm Sonal Gandhi. I'm a partner in the real estate group at Mishkondorea. I act for the private individual and their companies in buying and selling high-end residential properties in central London, as well as acting for private banks in their secured lending work um, on residential properties. The most important thing to know about working on complicated transactions is to effectively appoint a pivotal person that's going to act as the project manager of that transaction. Invariably, there's going to be a number of parties involved. It goes without saying that with so many people involved in a transaction, things can start going astray. So it's essential to have a go-to person. It's very much like that person is the conductor of an orchestra. All of the players are musicians in that orchestra. They each have a piece of music to read. Without that conductor, they're not going to play in tune, in harmony, to get the end result. Therefore, my advice is to have that person who can control, who can communicate and ensure that all parties are cooperating together. Too many cooks, disaster. They all start going off on their own agenda without having that person to essentially manage the process and effectively deliver that goal for that client. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM.
in partnership with Mishkondorea. You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss, every personal. Saturday morning. If you ever want to collect the other 100 or so guests that we have enjoyed here on the station, then just go into iTunes, put in the words jazz and follow that with the word shapers and you will find us there. You want to tweet us today? I've got two fantastic shapers, Lawson Munkester and Jens Torp. They will, I'm sure, through me, tweet you back, I promise, at JazzFM is the Twitter handle. Lots of ways to get in contact. Now, gentlemen, we were talking before, and I'll turn to Lawson on this, uh, about CityM. CityM, if you don't know and you're listening, is the most successful business-free newspaper in London, also available online, of course, cityam.com, I imagine, I'm guessing is the URL. What a good guess. Um, Just stepping back a moment before you actually launched, the story of most businesses is they have to work very hard to raise money if they don't have their own. In your situation, when people were saying this isn't going to work, and especially some notable other journalists around the place saying definitely not, how did you raise money? How much did you raise, and was it difficult? Um, I, I think there's no hidden secret. We 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 are, we are into it looking for in the region of ten million pounds, and um, we went to the, sort of the traditional route at first to the sort of the, the publishing um, arms, but they really weren't relinquishing enough equity for us. We had to run the paper because we had to do it our way. We couldn't do it the old way. And we came across um, some gentlemen we'd met before in our previous lives in Holland. And they had been in newspapers in Russia. And um, they saw our vision. They were really quite happy with it. And they were decent partners, still are. And they provided um, 75% of the money. And we had to find the other 25%. And um, that was it. And off we went. And so, and they believed in us. Mm. And I think that's the most important thing. And they said, on you go, go and do it. And uh, I think we've had one board meeting every year for the last nine. And we're and doing turning, it. And you've been turning a profit since yeah. 2010. Yeah. At least, something like that. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Which is, which is fantastic. Just just thinking, Jens, obviously, um, f- for those people listening who may have detected a couple of accents, Scottish is more, is easier to do. Danish is, is where you're a Dane. Have you used that sense of being a slight outsider to this place? I know you've been in the country almost 20 years, to your advantage in business. Have you found, actually, it's quite helpful? I don't know whether it's helpful, but certainly there's one thing here in London, which is it's a a very fair and level playing ground for everybody who comes from whatever country. You go out to the city where we happen to work. I think only 40% of the people working here are born in England. So there's so many different nationalities, which to me is just very inspiring because you come across some of the brightest minds from all over the world. Uh, So I wouldn't say it's an advantage having been a Dane. Maybe it's rather an advantage that we had this experience around in 14, 15 different countries, saw a lot of different impulses, kind of cultures. Uh, But then again, it's uh, London to me is the most amazing place you could ever wish to be. Um, So being allowed to be here as a Dane, I think is a great privilege. And when you both met, obviously you're both working at the same company and you were the CEO, CEO of, of that business over at Metro and you were global, head of global sales, Lawson. Yeah. You, you guys were, um, you became a partnership. Was it apparent pretty early on that there was good chemistry between you? Well, de- definitely apparent that he was a lot better at things than I was and vice versa. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, but ultimately, Jens' experience in the newspaper market, I think, is, is second to none. And for that, we, we, we couldn't have launched a paper without that. And I think that given my sort of track record in sales in London and, and, the, and the personalities that exist in the London marketplace, um, there, was, there was enough opportunity for them to give us that chance. So I think it's really synced quite nicely together. Um, so we had the brawn and we 
had the, the brain. And then I think combining the two, there was little, little wastage in what we did. There was no sort of overlap in what we were trying to do. So you just basically gone and done it. Two complimentary people yeah. indeed. Um, I'm going to slightly mix things up here because there's two of you and we're going to have two choices. We usually have the, the business shaper's choice at the end. We're going to throw in um, yours, Lawson, to start with. This is Send in the Clowns and it is from Mr... Frank Sinatra. There it is. There you go. That was Sending the Clowns from Frank Sinatra, the song choice of Lawson Mancaster, one of my two business shapers here today. Lawson and Jens are the founders of City AM, 399,000 uh, readers in London every day, also available on cityam.com for anyone in the country, in the world, and you can find that fantastic content for business, and I, and I promise it is, actually. And I'm not even being paid to say that. I can't believe it. Imagine if I was getting paid, I'd be much nicer. Um, can I ask you, uh, Jens, you're now six, seven years, eight years into the business. Where's it going to be in the next five? What are you guys plotting? How are you going to make sure it retains its, its credibility in the marketplace and grows and makes money? Yeah. You know, five-year plans, I think, was a thing for Stalin and the old Soviet bureaucrats. Because if you had asked that question when we started, we'd have no idea where we would have been in 2010. So I think a bit of the secret is only to take one year at a time. I think we're on a good roll now. We see more and more readers coming over to us. Another amazing thing, last year we put a lot more newspapers out in the commuter belt in Kent and Surrey. And that was actually the opposite way because this was a print newspaper coming into a market where all our potential readers were already on their electronic devices like uh, iPads, telephones and so on. But we managed actually to recapture them, which again is a proof that if you do it the right way in print, you will get new readers. So I think that we'll try, of course, to work further on that. Uh, expand our editorial but also I think the big challenge for us right now is to invest quite significantly more in our digital offering which you are kind enough to mention we have seen our number of visitors double over the last year but we want to take it even faster because it's such an important part of being a newspaper well that's what I was going to say actually my next question was around digital and Lawson you know good content's good content right doesn't matter where you consume it if you're in the content business and you can monetize it then you're agnostic I imagine you don't really mind don't care don't care at all I think that the most important part though is and I think where people don't get this is that the old traditional publishers really expected their audiences to go and actually make an appointment to read their paper i.e. purchase it and I think what we've done which is totally different we've taken that responsibility from the from the reader and actually made us the person to have to get the paper to their hand or to their point of entry into work or train or whatever so that makes it much easier for them to actually interact with the paper so I think that's slightly different on, on, on that side um, and I don't think that'll change but I do, I, I do see growth coming much more from the online side and probably much quicker on the mobile side than the, plat- than the actually iPad side in the next couple of years. 
So it's all about, but that suits our paper quite well because we do write in short size bites. So actually, the consumption of that editorial should be actually easier uh, than most on that, that, those particular platforms. And just hearing you both talk, what you said earlier on, Lawson, right at the beginning about we were the first of a new generation of newspapers, not the last of the old. It sounds like you've worked out that you're. Your list, your 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 reader, your purchaser in this sense, not without with the money, but with their time and choice, yeah. they're in control, and you want to make sure that they're served up with things that they need. Versus the old model, which said, "Excuse me, we're important. We've got a big name. We've been around for two hundred years." You don't have that mentality at all, which I think must Correct. be why you're succeeding. Final chat coming up with uh, Jens and, and Lawson in a few minutes, um, plus a track from Gwyneth Herbert. That's coming up after the latest traffic and travel here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. She's not the wife she thought she'd be. It's not the life she thought she'd lead. He's not the man she thought she'd come to need. But still, he's always there. In every sign she They whisper at the coffee shop, she's always on her own. They say, and where on earth she walking to today? That was Promises from Gwyneth Herbert. Just for a few more minutes, Lawson Muncaster and Jens Torp, the founders of City AM, uh, are my business shapers. And we've been talking about all sorts of things. The death of the old model, the birth of the new one, and so on and so forth. Jens, if you cast your mind back over your own career, and now you're a successful entrepreneur, but before you were a very successful corporate person, um, who stands out for you as being someone or some people that you go, they were special, I learned stuff from? Who, who would they be? No, there's one man who stands out, I'd say, miles above anybody else I've met, and I have met a lot of people I've learned from, but that was the owner and founder of what's called the Shinnevik Group in Sweden, who was the Scandinavian entrepreneur who brought commercial television to Scandinavia, mobile telephony, fixed telephony, or privately owned. And being near to him when I went over in the TV business where we started from absolutely scratch, I mean, there was hardly anybody in Scandinavia who could pick down a satellite signal. His belief in the concept, his way of interpreting the market, new trends, I mean, I learned so much from him. He was an absolutely fantastic man. And Lawson, thinking about it as well, do you have someone that stands out like that? Possibly not, not as one person as such. I think, um, I think, in all in sort of all engagements in my career, there's always been somebody somewhere that's either either taken a soft liking to me or whatever, and so guided me through the troublesome times. And I think that the more times you go through troublesome times, actually, the better you become as a person. Um, so that's my excuse for being naughty. But I think, I think you've got to, you know, you've really got to to, to listen and to people that have done things that, that you haven't. I think if you pretend that you can learn it from a book or you can pretend that you've done in depth analysis, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, I don't think you ever feel that you can do it deep, deep down. But once you have achieved or once you've seen it being done by yourself or by somebody else, it gives you much more determination and commitment to doing something. And you're not walking in with a sort of a scared, a scared mind. You're actually quite confident and you're rocking your chest out and you believe in what you're doing. And there's not many people out there that do that, though. Mm. Yeah. So you have, there's quite a few con people around. So you've got to be very careful in selecting those people that are going to be part of your team when you're doing things like this. Um, so to say there was one person probably not but there's, there's definitely loads out there that are far more intelligent and far more um, influential to me I think so yes there'll be loads loads 
And, and a question for both of you as well, starting with Jens. Looking forward to the future of the new version, the new generation of um, newspaper and of media uh, products, what's it going to look like from your perspective? I know we don't do Stalinist five-year plans, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, but if you could realise the dream of what sits inside your both your collective heads, that little thing that says, wow, imagine if, what would that look like in your world? No, it would look like serving a much wider audience, which is what you have the possibility of doing on the web. And I mean, the WWW says the World Wide Web. So, of course, it's our aspiration not only to have a lot of readers in England, also outside London, but also finding new clusters of readers in the other big financial hubs, eventually expanding our editorial uh, offices around the world. So if you talk about that yes the vision is to get in touch with a much wider audience over the coming years than we're serving right now so you'd go to new york yeah we'd love to tokyo that singapore, kind of place singapore hong kong shanghai, shanghai. Yeah. and 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 anything to add to that lawson from your perspective around that building that dream of of reaching more people in more places no. maybe north berwick north berwick <laughs> i've heard it's very nice up there especially after a long week in london exactly my friend i still don't know the law on weekdays well you know? you're fans of content because obviously um we have agreed together that there will be um the possibility on city m's own website to listen to a selection of business shapers through jazz fm and city m getting together so innovation gentlemen has actually happened in this room i thank you very much uh, for both being my business shapers today just before we leave a bit more music this is jens this is your choice do you want to introduce it yeah, it's Nostalgia. It is Petit Fleur, which was the first jazzy tune I got into. It was all over the Danish radios back in 59. That was with Mr. Akabilk. I've chosen Chris Barber. And why was that? Because I found out that Chris Barber was very, very helpful to a bunch of young kids from the London art schools who had taken in to American artists like Chuck Berry, Bo Diddley, started the Rhythm and Blues, which became my music. But you can say a lot of it started with that tune way back in time. Gents, thank you very much for joining me. This is Chris Barber and Petit Fleur. Petit Fleur from Chris Barber, the song choice of one of my business shapers today, Jens Torp. He was the co-founder, along with Lawson Moncaster, of City AM. And as I said, you can go to City AM's website very shortly and you'll find a whole bunch of the Jazz Shapers interviews over there. Do join me again, same time, same place. That's 9am next Saturday morning. In the meantime, though, do stay with us here on Jazz FM. Coming up next is Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mish Rea. It's business but it's personal.